0: One day, a teacher asked her students to list the names of the other students in the class on two piece, uh, sheets of paper, having and leaving a space between each name. I know of several insightful teachers who have used this strategy to help students understand how others can see qualities the students may not see in themselves. It's a good example of raising others up. The teacher then told the students to think of the nicest thing they could say about each of their classmates and write it down. And at the end of the session, she collected all the papers. After class, the teacher wrote down the name of each student on a piece of paper and listed what everyone else had said about that individual. Not long after, she gave each student his or her list. And before long, the entire class was smiling. The exercise had accomplished its purpose. The students were happy with themselves and with one another. They had been affirmed by their peers. And at the end of the year, that group of students moved on to another class. Several years later, one of the students was killed in Vietnam and his teacher attended the funeral of that special student. The church was packed with family and friends. One by one, those who loved him walked past the coffin, and the teacher was the last to walk past. As she stood there, one of the soldiers who acted as a pallbearer came up to her and said, Were you maths, Were you Mark's maths teacher? And he said, Yes. And then she said, Mark talked a lot about you. After the funeral, most of Mark's former classmates went together to have lunch, and Mark's mother and father were there, obviously waiting to speak with his teacher. We want to show you something, his father said, taking a wallet out of his pocket. They found this on Mark when he was killed, and we thought you might recognise it. Opening the billfold, he carefully removed two worn pieces of note paper that had obviously been taped and folded and refolded many times. And the teacher knew without looking that the papers were the ones on which she had listed all the good things each of Mark's classmates had said about him. Thank you so much for doing that, Mark's mother said. As you can see, Mark treasured it. Then Vicky, another classmate, reached into her shoulder bag, took out her wallet, and showed her worn and frazzled list to the group. I carried this with me at all times, Vicky said. And without batting an eyelash, she continued, I think we all saved our lists. In the message delivered by Reverend Jenny last week, we heard from John's Gospel that following the the feeding of the five thousand, Jesus had offered himself as the bread of life. I am the bread that you are seeking, he said. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. It was not being it was not being fed on bread and fish that these lost souls needed, according to Jesus. The people following him needed feeding with the bread of life Feeding on Christ, the Son of Man, in whom is life eternal. And so the message from last week was that feeding ourselves on Christ, on his words, on the way he lived his life, and on his promises, is very important for Christians throughout all times. But there is more. This week we learn that there is much more, in fact, to feeding on Jesus, the bread of life. For as well as feeding on Jesus to sustain ourselves, we are also encouraged by Jesus to extend the sustenance he gives each one of us and to those around us. It is not just that we are offered the bread of life within us, but we are also encouraged to take this gift we are offered out beyond ourselves, just as the teacher of the class I have mentioned this morning offered sustaining love way beyond the years she taught her students. In my hand you'll see that I have a box, and this box is a box of sachets. And these sachets are active, dry yeast. You also may have yeast from the Level 4 lockdown last year when you planned to make, or actually made, bread. And I'd like to use a simile here because each one of you are like this packet of yeast. You can become a handful of dough made holy, leavened, so you can be the sustainers, the leaven of faith for others. We are asked to reach out in this way to others when we are given the bread of life to feast upon ourselves. To many, it may sound a bit overwhelming, I know, to think of being God's leaven for others. Yet holiness is actually quite simple. You probably take for granted that you believe in Jesus, that you want to pray, that you worship God in words and songs, that you have a heart of love and a desire to care for others. That is part of holiness. Being the handful of dough made holy is bringing this quality of faith into everyday life and seeing God's activity in the simple and the ordinary moments of life, when we are often just too busy to stop and think, oh my goodness, that was a God moment. In your pew sheet or in your blue book this morning, you will have a bookmark. A bookmark like this, kindly designed by our wonderful pastoral care coordinator Joe. For me this week, I'd like you to look at this bookmark. If you haven't got one, there'll be more at the door, but hopefully you'll have one in your pew sheet or the blue book. And what you, what I'd like you to see on the top of it is, "I am the bread of life," which is from John six, verse thirty five. And you will notice under this verse, I am the bread of life, a photo of a jar of active yeast, an ingredient used to leaven or to help transform something for the better. Yeast, or active yeast, transforms flour to become the actual bread which sustains millions throughout the world. And so I want to comment on what being a handful of yeast a handful of dough made holy, really means in our lives. Firstly, being a handful of dough made holy means meeting God and knowing God. It is knowing God with one's head as well as one's heart. It is taking God into our hearts and allowing ourselves to be transformed through our vulnerability and through our humility. Into to people who see the simple beauty of people and events. This transformation comes about through a listening spirit. It is based on the belief that it is out of the daily stream of busyness and activity, the here and now, that we often experience how God reveals himself to us when we are open to being touched and transformed by God. Secondly, being a handful of dough made holy means being trusting enough to be a servant of God. This trusting means we are ready and willing to be needed, the K-N-E-A-D, E-D kind of needed, to be open to the pain and struggle that may come, to not give in when people deride our belief in God, to be transformed from a tiny handful of dough into a living loaf of bread. This trusting develops when we are praying daily, when we are really present to others with the attitude we see Jesus had of including all, which includes giving time and resources, and when we are constantly aware of our great need to lean into the love and strength of God. At those times we are stretched, really stretched, really, really stretched sometimes, and are called to let go, to trust, to really trust, and to let transformation happen. This trusting is lifelong and always needs to be encouraged by other trusting people around us who are also handfuls of dough. Being a handful of dough made wholly also means giving of ourselves to others with quality presence. Quality presence is so important when dough is being enhanced and transformed. Quality presence means not just asking someone how they are, but actually waiting, waiting to find out how they really are, being in their zone, And to focus on what they say, really listening to what they say, listening to really hear, not listening to reply or thinking about the next task that's to be done. It's a skill we can develop with God's help. It means that being with is just as significant as doing for It means to be willing to have nothing to show at times, except faithfully standing by the cross of another. This kind of quality presence creates peace and energy and acceptance in the heart of another. And quality moments mean no matter how hard we look at the clocks or the calendars, we are actually there for other people. It is reaching out beyond what we think we are even capable of and trusting God and to let us be what we can be. It is helping others rise up. It is knowing God as a companion on our life's journey. Yes, we can be the handful of dough made holy so that the whole batch of bread can be made holy. When Jesus says in scripture, I am the bread of life, he invites us to feed on him in our life and develop our faith by focusing on our inner self and our relationship with him. But just as importantly, we are also called by Jesus to rise up, to be transformed with the yeast we are gifted by God. The love and grace and mercy and trust to become the bread of life for others, to reach out past our own needs to the needs of others so that we can enrich their lives. Each time you eat bread, take a moment, even a second, to pray for others. Those entrusted to your care and those who no one is caring about. Remember how you are meant to be the handful of dough the leaven of faith for others. Allow your prayer time to be the leaven so that you can see that you are transformed by God. You may even use the bookmark in your, sh- your pew sheet to help you remember your role as active yeast or the leaven of faith for others. The teacher who collected the positive thoughts of her class to feed back to classmates. Had absolutely no idea of the fruitfulness of this small gesture in the lives of her students. These students carried around with them that tiny scrap of paper throughout their lives. May you become a blessing for many as you increasingly invite God into your life and you reach out to be the leaven of faith, the active yeast in the lives of of many others. And to God be the glory. Amen.